What's up, guys? Good evening. It is Monday, our Monday rundown podcast on the Sorry to Interrupt podcast, brought to you, as always, by SorrySports.com. Go ahead and check out the website. So Sean and I bit the bullet, and we finally gave the Red Sox their due. We recapped the ALDS and the NLDS and then looked ahead to the World Series, rooting hard for the Dodgers, but unfortunately we picked the Red Sox to win it. Then we recapped college football for last week, looked ahead to this week, And finally, we went into the NBA, talked about the first week, our impressions of it, obviously looked a little deeper into the Knicks and the Nets. And then finally, we talked about some football news that happened um, early in the day today. Follow us on Instagram at sorry underscore sports, Twitter at sorry sports, and shoot us an email, sorry sports at yahoo.com. Have a good night and enjoy the pod. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another week of Sorry to Interrupt. It's Monday, the 22nd of October. Tom, what's up, man? We just had a good weekend of baseball and some college football as well. Not going to mention the NFL. (laughs) We'll do that on Wednesday. (laughs) True. I got to save what we're going to talk about today. Well, your Giants play tonight, so maybe you'll be even a little more depressed on Wednesday. But I am depressed today because, unfortunately, there's something that we haven't done that we really should do, and that's give the Boston Red Sox their due. They are yeah. going to the World Series. They have the highest payroll in baseball, but they do have one of the best teams in baseball, and they had the best regular season team in baseball. And I went out and I said that the Milwaukee Brewers had the, one of the best defensive teams in baseball. I probably said the best. I was wrong. I think this Red Sox, especially their outfield, is the be- best defensive team. Yeah, it is. I mean, the play Ben Intendi made to to seal Game Four. Jackie Bradley and Jackie Jr. Bradley is by Jr. Far yeah. the best defensive center fielder, head and shoulders and, above. And, Hicks and Mookie Betts baseball. just made play after play in Mookie, right field. You're talking about Mookie Betts playing second base in the World Series. He so did. That he JD did. Martinez yeah, he played. Play. He played second a game or two this year in the regular season in the National League Park. I think it was that series against the Braves around Labor Day, but. Yeah, man, they really are special, and we knew that going in. The thing with baseball is there's so many ebbs and flows, and you know they didn't close out the season great, and they had a couple question marks in the rotation, in which they still do. But David Price pitched a pitched a clincher for them, yeah, and honestly, that was the biggest thing for them because if he gets any kind of momentum, he proved everybody wrong. I mean, everybody talked a lot of shit about him, and at least for one, rightfully game, so. Yeah, and at least for one game, he proved everybody wrong. We'll see in the World Series. He may go back to good old David Price, but yeah. Now pitch before great. we, you got to give him credit where credit's due. Oh no, one hundred percent. He mowed down a really out. good Astros lineup. Yeah, um, ninety-seven plus. Yeah, and he was hitting his spots. Everything was working, and it, you know, I give a guy like that a little bit of credit because. I mean, he couldn't have been buried any more than he was, right? I mean, can't beat the Yankees, has never won a postseason game as a starter in all of his appearances. And to go out there against a really good Astros team in Game 5 in a hostile environment in Houston with a team, you know, trying to defend its World Series championship, at least for another night, he stomped right down on them and never gave them a chance. So before we preview the World Series, let's kind of go back, though, and talk about the league championship series. So Boston obviously won in five you know, but before we talk about how they're going to do in the World Series, honestly, I think the Astros are much better than either team out of the National League. And what they just did to the Astros, I, it doesn't bode well for I what they could do to the Dodgers. I truly really couldn't believe that they beat the Astros in a seven-game series. You put them less, at home. Much less in six games. Um, I mean, this team, if you told me that Chris Sale was going to be terrible 
and you told me that Craig Kimbrell was going to be a walking heart attack every time he stepped on the mound since late in the season, I would have said, okay, the Red Sox are probably going to win one game in this series. And they, they took it in six. I just couldn't believe took it. Took it in this, five. Excuse me, in yeah. five, yes. I just I, I could not believe this team. Jackie Bradley Jr. is all of a sudden the clutchest hitter ever. Isn't that nuts? It's crazy because this guy is like a career 230 hitter, tops. Oh, he, I mean, he was one of the automatic outs in that lineup. And yeah. I mean, the amount of runs he saves defensively is enough to keep him in there. But yeah, this guy's the best center fielder in baseball when it comes to the, playing the field. But if he could hit 270 next year, he's going to be an all-star head and shoulders. But, I mean, Betts played great. J.D. Martinez. I'm sure the Astros miss him, but... This team is really good, man. This they team were, is really good. You know, 108 I, wins doesn't lie. And, and you know, the crazy thing, too, is, you know, baseball is such a war of attrition. Baseball is one of the very few sports, maybe the only sport, where the best team seems to always win. You know, you do get a couple upsets in the NBA, not as of late with the Warriors dynasty, but in football, you know, any given Sunday, that cliche, what can happen, but... You know, the regular season in baseball and going into the playoffs, generally the best team always wins. We saw that last year with Houston, even though they were a little cold towards the end as well. They were by far the best team in baseball last year, and, and they went they won the World Series. The Dodgers were the best team in the National League last year, and even though they had some hiccups, they went to Game 7. And now you're seeing Boston replicate that this year. They were the best team, the deepest team, and... You said it on one of the last podcasts when we were talking about the Yankee series. They don't seem to do any. They have a lot of question marks where you wonder, okay, like there's problems in that rotation. How are they winning games? Their bullpen's totally schizophrenic, especially with Kimbrel closing it out. You know, seeming like you said a walking heart attack every time. And then they have some guys in the lineup that don't scare you, but they have that it factor about them this year where. You know they need a big hit. They get it. They get a. They need a break like that play at the. You know over the wall where the obstruction and they called it an out instead of a home run. I mean they're getting breaks. Great or teams get catch, breaks. Like yeah. Benintendi who won, made one of the best catches in playoff history. I mean we didn't give this team enough due. Maybe it's because we hate the Red Sox. Maybe it's because I was. Oh, it's scared. definitely because we hate the Red Sox. Ninety percent because I hate the Red Sox. About ten percent split between. Me just not thinking the starting pitching or the bullpen would be good enough. Well, yeah, I mean, when you look on paper, and especially when you compare it to an Astros team that's the defending champions, I mean, you look at a rotation of Verlander, Keuchel, Cole, and Morton, and you wonder, okay, like how are, how is that team going to lose? This team was jumping all over those starters because I don't even think you heard Osuna's name once, the closer. He for gave them. up that grand slam to JBJ. That oh, was true, the last appearance true. he yep. had in the series, yep. I guess he's not as good as we all thought he was when the when the pressure's on in the playoffs because he's never really been in the playoffs before. I won't even use the joke battle-tested. Almost did. <laughs> no need back, to, man. Pull back at the last second. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they've had a lot of guys come out of nowhere and step up. I mean, Vasquez has been great throughout the entire playoffs. You had um, Mitch Moreland playing well or or uh, Pr- uh, what's his name, Price or whatever. No, the uh, – Steve Pierce. Oh, Steve, Steve Pierce. Pierce. Yeah, yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. And he's had a and good then, year all uh, the entire year. Yeah, he's killed lefties he and over, big yeah. hits. Yep. And uh, the most important thing, I think, is the bullpen. I mean, Matt Barnes and that other guy, I forgot his name. Brazier. Ryan Brazier has been real good. really stepped up. So th- this team is really starting to round into form. But why don't we move over to the other league? We've talked. We've gushed enough about the Red Sox. <laughs> it's sickening, isn't it? And the, the Astros, just to say that for them, I understand Altuve was hurt. 
The guy was hurt enough to where he couldn't even play second base. He already had knee surgery. And, yeah, and I think that if this was a regular season type game or during the regular season, he probably would have been out a month. Oh, yeah, well, that's what Hinch said. He, he said there's no way he'd be playing if this wasn't the postseason. Last thing on the Astros, too, it just goes to show how hard it is to defend a World Series yeah. these days. Because they didn't play terribly, but... No, they didn't, but once again, you know, you're going up against the, the best team in the league, and you're going up against guys that just seem to have that aura about them where they make the play when they need to. It's one of those years for the Red Sox, just like it kind of was in 13. You know, that team was not an amazing team in 13, but every break... And yep. every big play, every big hit they needed, they got. Definitely. So, you know, going over to the National League now to talk about say who's going to play them. Let me just before you go on. That yep. was your World Series pick. I just remembered it. So yeah. we're both done So now. we're both done. Yep. Yes. And it's so easy to pick a defending champion. And, you know, we both didn't even pick the Red Sox to win the division. Yeah. We picked the Yanks to win the division, so we did. Well, the reason why was because we just didn't think JD Martinez would be this great. No, I thought he'd be really good, but you know they won the division the last two years, and there were question marks about them going forward. But all of those seem to be answered. So they will play the Los Angeles Dodgers in the World Series starting tomorrow. The Los Angeles got Dodgers got there by winning a Game Seven in Milwaukee after the Brewers forced a Game Seven, winning Game Six. That was a really fun series, man. Both teams. You know, there was a little chippiness. There was a, a little bit of contention going on there with Machado. But overall, that was just a fun series. I, I really question, I think Craig Council just got a little out of hand with the bullpenning. I think that that's kind of what d- did him in. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that he was a little Aaron Boonish or whatnot. I was like an extreme version of Aaron Boone. Yeah, yeah. He, he tried to push too many buttons, and he needs he just needed to relax. He had a great bullpen, but, I mean, great year for this team. Really good job by the GM getting Yelich out there. All the moves that they made at the deadline, Lorenzo Cain, he did a really good job, but this Dodgers team fueled by Yasiel Puig just – he carried this team, and this is why you keep a guy like that of that talent on your team. Because, you know, for Dave Roberts, he's going to have you banging your head against the wall once or twice a month when he overruns a base or he doesn't hit the cutoff man on a throw or overthrows a base or, you know, does a stupid bat flip that gets another team fired up. But, Jesus Christ, he can carry you offensively, defensively, running the bases for weeks on end. Oh, yeah, absolutely, and, and you've seen that in his entire career. I mean, when he's cold, he's, he's, really, in, he's, he's really kind of a, an albatross. He, he's a guy that you, you might not want to play because of those errors that he'll make, as you spoke to, but when he's on fire and, and he does get that swag going and, and he's feeling good about himself in the plate, at the plate and in the field, God, man, he, he, he does have the ability to do everything that it takes to put a team on his back, and he did that in this NLCS. Walker Bueller pitching game seven. Nasty. Nasty stuff. And he, he got vindication for not pitching a really good game three. So what he did in game seven, that was great. Kershaw pitched really well in this series. Game five was Bellinger a money had start. had a great series as well. Yep. And yeah, he hit that big home run after, you know, the, the Brewers kind of seized momentum early in Game 7. Yelich, bottom of the first home run, you're, the place is going crazy. You're thinking the Brewers are going back to the World Series for the first time as a National League team and first time since 1982. And then the Dodgers quickly step on that fast with Bellinger going deep, and then it just it was a runaway from there. Yeah, absolutely. And the last thing I will say about that Game 7, because this series was neck and neck, it, it wasn't like the Red Sox series where the Red Sox won the series. Either team 
could have won this series. But the thing that really saved it was that Chris Taylor catch. Yeah, and he has made a couple of huge this guy's plays a in his young infielder. postseason Keep career. in mind, this guy usually plays shortstop third, hey, he, and he's making plays out there in left field like he's a, a, a four-time gold glover. He had a couple of plays in center field and in the World Series too. last year. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, to keep to keep that series you know, going seven. Between him and Kike Hernandez, they have two of the best utility players that can play anywhere in the field in baseball. Oh, no doubt. This team is deep. They're very deep, and they have been now for quite some time. Yeah. The question is really... Is their bullpen good enough to, to hold up leads? And is Jameson's Kershaw back into form? Yeah, and is Kershaw capable of, of pitching the way that he should? But having now Walker Bueller, um, Young Jin Ryu has always been a good postseason pitcher and a really nice nice acquisition for them that they've had over the last five years. And they seem to have depth now, and, and especially in you know Jock Peterson leading off, ha- providing some pop. They have a lot. Machado in the middle of that lineup is always a threat. Justin Turner. Justin I mean, you Turner. can go up and down. Bellinger. So, yeah, yeah, that lineup scores like an AL lineup. And, you know, the I Brewers are going to be – the Brewers are going to have something to say in a few years. This team, this window has really just opened for them. And the players they acquired, Scope, Yelich, Kane, they're all in still in the prime of their careers, if not just hitting it. So they are right there. I expect them to be active again during the offseason, making a couple tweaks. And I think they see that the the page might be closing a little bit on the Cubbies, and the Cardinals are always going to be there. But I think they look at the NL Central and say, we could be a perennial powerhouse in this division, and we're going to go forward and, and be a deep postseason team. Yeah, man, I, I agree with you. And I know I know you think that the, the Red Sox, you alluded to it earlier, are probably going to win the World Series, just by what you were saying before. I think so. I think this Dodgers team probably plays a little bit better in an AL style than the Red Sox do in an NL style, like most AL teams when you have your team set up to be, you know, a DH heavy. But this Dodgers team can run out a really good lineup with a DH in there as well because you have Max Muncy probably going to slide over to DH, and then you can play Bellinger at first and put Taylor in the outfield full time. Yeah, that's a good that's a good point. I mean, they have a lot of options in which they can go with all over the field and how they want to configure that lineup and 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 so on and so forth. I think the pitching matchups are going to be really excited now that we can look forward to this World Series. It starts tomorrow night. You know, a matchup of Kershaw and Sale. You're going to have Price. Can he get back? Can he pick up where he left off in Game Five of the LCS and shut down a really good Dodger lineup? Does Walker Buehler pick up where he left off? Young Jen Ryu is, has pitched on a lot of big games in the with the Dodgers, so he's, he's somebody you feel good about on the mound. And then you've got Avaldi and Porcello, too, on Boston's end, who have pitched very well in the postseason as well. So, I mean, really, I think these teams are pretty even. What I'm looking for is can the Dodgers avenge last year? You know, they have a bad taste in their mouth. They got Machado for this reason. I think there could be a little bit of chippiness. Remember, Machado, he does not like the Red Sox from no, his days with the Orioles. Them. He hates them. And um, I could, I wouldn't be surprised. He seems to have that kind of flair for, flair for the dramatic, whether it's a big hit or doing something on the base pass. You saw what he did at first base in the NLCS with Aguilar. I think there's a lot of storylines that you can pick from, but I think Boston, they have been the best team all year. 
I think that they're going to find a way to win this series, but it ain't going to be easy. I think the Dodgers yeah. are going to give them everything that they have. So what's your overall prediction? Give me it. I think Boston in six. I think that Boston comes back to the Fenway and wins it in game six. I hate to be in agreement with you, but I think it's Boston in six too. Yeah. This sucks, man. Didn't we, say Yan- we said Yankees in four. We said Astros. and yeah, Maybe we were just trying them. to reverse jinx it. Yeah. yeah. But no, I, I mean, realistically, I do believe that they're the team that, that's going to win. Yeah, it. I think if Chris Sale can round himself into form and David Price can build off of that game five, like you said earlier. This team's just too talented, and that middle of the lineup is just so tough. Yep. I think Devers comes through with a huge hit, like he, he did in the Yankees series. And what he did in game five of the Astro series. Yeah, yep. and, and I think, you know, Bogarts it, it has been there before. He won the World Series back in 13. And I, I just think this team's just too good. Yeah, I mean, they have been all year. You know what's going to piss me off is that. I think Evaldi probably pitches Game Three, and he probably throws seven shutout. Yeah, he probably. I mean, he very much. He very well could. I mean, he has the ability to do that. He's had a really good postseason thus far. I expect that to to continue. He's got the. He's got an electric arm, and we know that. Yeah, this isn't. It's crazy because you know you said about basketball. It's predictable. We were saying all season long. Congrats to the Golden State Warriors. Anything could happen in this series. It's just so crazy because. I mean, would you be surprised if the Dodgers won in five? Oh, absolutely. No, no, no. absolutely not. Don't, I think, you know? Yeah, no, definitely not. I, I think, though, that baseball, it really is, it's a marathon. And, and the best team does emerge. And even if they have a stretch towards the end of the season or in the middle of the season where they don't look as great, generally speaking, the best team finds its way to win. And yeah. Because you, fa- you face adversity multiple times. You know, they for as many injuries as we talked about with the Yankees this year and some other teams, it's not like Boston hasn't had their share either, and they and they fought back. I mean, Ian, keep in mind, Dustin Pedroia was starting at second base at the beginning of the year. Yeah, he's kind of their de facto through, captain. Yeah, and he's and they been went out. through Kinsler and Eduardo Nunez. Ben so Attendee spent some time on the DL. Yeah. I mean, second base alone has been a black hole for them all season long. Brock Holt seems to have settled in. Hopefully he can play well for them as well as others, few others. So maybe, oh, yeah. maybe Mookie Betts at second base. That'd be interesting to see. But He'll play one game. Da- or, uh, Alex Cora already said he will play at least one game at second base. So. That'll be fun. Something interesting. I mean, um, uh, 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 not as that I would ever, of an athlete as he is, I think he'll be just fine over there for yeah, a day. Not that I would ever root for the Red Sox, but I'm definitely rooting for that to happen. It's cool to see this series, though, just to put a final bow on it, just from a historical perspective, because these are two of the oldest franchises in baseball history, and they really don't have a World Series. I think they played. They had a little rivalry back in 1910 or something. I was going like to say, that? so they last played in 1916. Oh, okay. So they they a little bit sooner, a little, a little, a little bit too far sooner. Back. Yeah. So they uh, about a hundred years ago. That's right. So they, you know, it's funny when you think of the Dodgers World Series matchups, you think a lot of the Yankees, right? And with the Red Sox, they seem to play the the Cardinals a lot, but the the Dodgers and Red Sox really haven't matched up. So it'll be cool to see how those two fan bases go yeah. at it, a little East Coast West Coast, um, and just kind of see the bragging rights. We'll see. We'll see how it sh- shakes out. But I do think Boston in six. They've been the best team all year, and I do expect them to to raise the trophy. Yeah, unfortunately, I think the Red Sox are going to win. I would like to see guys like Utley get another ring, or or any of these guys on. There's feel good stories on both ends. Regardless, I think of, if Machado gets a ring, he's already wrapped up. He's already put him in pinstripes. <laughs> I can't wait. But. I, again, and we, last week I was saying on this podcast, I think they're done in five and put them in pinstripes. So what the hell do I know? But I think if you're Fox or whoever's broadcasting Fox this World Series, it, yep. probably Fox, 
you got to be incredibly happy. Yeah, I and and Major League Baseball too. You know, they they love they love t- teams like the Brewers. With history. They, they love, love the history. They though. love the Rays. You know, they love the Brewers. They like teams like that. Even the Astros because they're so good. But when you can get two storied franchises together and go at it, and you know, you got East Coast, West Coast. You've got a lot of history there and a lot of star. That's the thing here is former they have the East star. Coast as well. Right. Not they, just West Coast, yep, former East Coast. They have the star power in this series on both ends. You know, you have the Kershaw story. Can he finally win a World Series? you got him and Sale both battling their playoff demons. You've got Price trying to take back, you know, some of his postseason uh, or regain some of that postseason yep. magic that he had in game five and, and kind of change his narrative. There's a lot of storylines. Machado going back up against Boston. Utley, can he get a final World Series as a utility guy? There's just so many up and down, yeah. and it's it's I'd, really not it's it's not going to be hard for these guys to keep fans interested. I'd like to see Kershaw finally get that World Series. It'd be really fun to see that. But and I will be rooting my ass off for the Dodgers to win. No doubt. Don't think it's going to happen. I would. I am much more glued to this World Series than I would be if it was Red Sox Brewers, though. I got to say, and not that the Brewers aren't a lot of fun to watch, but I I do believe that to the to the baseball fan that doesn't have their team playing anymore, it, it this kind of pulls you in a little bit more. I think honestly, unless the Yankees are playing, I probably watch with the same amount of interest, no matter what teams it is. You know, like last year, I watched every single game, but. I'm not changing the channel if the Yankees are on. Oh, I, will, no, I will sit through commercials, but I'll be a flipper. I'll make sure I see the final out of the World Series because I obviously have you seen have probably to. every single one. But, you know, this it's not going to change for me personally. I'm probably going to watch the same amount if it was the Brewers or the Dodgers. I'll watch every game, but I'll be a flipper. You know, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go back and forth between uh, league pass or whatever. You know, but that's if fair. the Yankees were playing in it, I'm watching every single pitch. I would sure as shit hope so. Unless they're <laughs> down like fucking 18 to 18 nothing or nothing. something, then I'm probably hanging somewhere, but that's the end depressing. of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's move on to some NCAA football. We will recap last week. This is week eight. Um, Heisman r- front runners are coming out soon, as well as playoff um, rankings. The committees yeah. will put that out soon, so. I don't know. I don't want to do our own guesses because I don't think I I'm know not there yet. And uh, me and you will we'll comment on what they think. It as changes to too. It changes too much right now. And there's it, the, the when they do rankings, there's so much criteria that goes into it. And I think before you analyze or even predict where it could be, you know, you've got to look at the trends that the committee seems to have a history of looking at. Yeah. So to segue into that, I'd like to get into the upset of the week yep. in college football. Speaking of changing. Purdue just demolished Ohio State in you Purdue. Been, you and must have been smiling. I was ear very ear. happy. I will admit I bowed out after uh, after Purdue scored to put them up two touchdowns heading into the fourth because I thought that game was over. Ohio State had You're not right. been able to materialize anything offensively. And when I found out that, Penn, that Purdue scored again two more times, that goes to show that Urban Meyer just said, you know what, fuck it, let's just get out of here. This reminds me a lot of the Iowa game last year when Ohio State went to Iowa City and got blitzed by the Hawkeyes, so do you who were unranked at the time, much like Purdue. And the committee, although Ohio State also had a loss at home to Oklahoma, who ended up being in the Final Four, what put them out was not the second loss. It was, it was the fact that they yeah. lost that way to that team. Yeah, it wasn't just that they lost. They got right. smacked. And that's you can't lose, even if it's on the road, you cannot lose by multiple scores to an, an unranked, unranked team. team. 
So that's really how it is. So let's say everything goes as planned, like for every other team that that's going to be potentially in the playoff hunt. Do you think this keeps them out for a second year in a row? Yes. <laughs> All right. I, I no, I do because I. Especially if you, like you said, if you expect things to go status quo, right? Because you don't right? see Alabama losing. Alabama's not playing not, any big games. Uh, maybe they'll they lose They got once. LSU in two weeks. Yeah, that's aside a big game. from that. Aside from that. And they probably have the Iron Bowl, but that's not that big this not year. Not this because year. Because Auburn has really fallen the off. The SEC title game could exactly. be a game. Um, Notre Dame doesn't look like it's going to lose a game anytime soon. No, and they'll they get in there because they're games. Notre Dame. Absolutely. Yep. I think Syracuse is the last game that is a possible hiccup for them. But I expect them yeah. to win that game. And then outside of that, who who could be the other two teams to get in there? Well, I think Georgia. I know they got. I know they lost that terrible game to LSU. But LSU right now, I, I put them and Georgia kind of in that same class, where those three, two teams, three SEC teams and a non-conference team in the playoffs, <laughs> unbelievable. That will not happen. No, no, no. Um, as far as the Big Twelve is concerned, you know, Oklahoma. Are they, they gonna, lost? Are, I know. Are they going to hold that about loss against them? The team that I really am interested to see is Clemson. Because yep. if Clemson runs the table through an ACC that is not good, they they put on a show against NC State who so was say, unbeaten. Speaking, speaking of it, so, NC State, the one game that they were that, that would have really given them a challenge because they've played a cupcake schedule so far was West Virginia, and that game was uh, hurricaned out, I guess you'll yeah. say. Yeah, so right now I think that they you're won gonna, 41-7. Right now you're going to probably have – as long as Alabama and a Georgia or LSU stay stay in there, because if LSU loses to Alabama, you know they're not going to get in the SEC championship game. But we know that doesn't matter because Alabama wasn't in the SEC championship game last year after their after their Iron Bowl loss, and they got in. Um, and then you're going to have Clemson, who I expect to stay. And then there's a toss up there. Maybe Notre Dame, if Ohio State goes out and handles its business. And then you know takes and then really handles themselves well in a Big Ten championship. It's going to be hard for the committee again to take Ohio State out, but that's a really bad loss. That's not losing to Penn State. That's not losing to Michigan State. You lost to Purdue, and you wasn't close. Absolutely, man. Um, but why don't we move ahead? We already mentioned the Clemson game. They beat NC State forty-one to seven. Not much else to say there, but I think NC State probably falls out of the top twenty-five with that one. They probably do. Um, Washington State beats our team because we were both high on that team after beating Stanford and beating Washington themselves. They beat Oregon thirty-four to twenty. That game was a classic. Were you watching that game? I wired a wire to scout your boy. Well, yeah, and and I'll get into that in a minute, but just to touch on the game that had every bit of feel to a this is a sure-fired upset like college game day was at Washington State it was a madhouse when I turned that game on it was freaking loud and Oregon could not have looked more confused and more deer in the headlights look I mean Washington State was scoring Oregon couldn't do anything offensively until the second half when Herbert, you know, started putting things together. But by that point, the game had already been over. The momentum was totally – it wasn't just in Washington State's hands. They they had that all throughout the stadium. It was in the hands of every single fan there. And you just knew that Oregon was not going to be able to come back and, and fight that uphill battle after what they put the, the hole they put themselves in in the first half. To talk about Herbert, though, there was a report that said yesterday – that he's very much considering and leaning right now towards staying another year at Oregon. 
which turns the entire NFL draft preview that, of course, we have to do so early on up on its, uh, you know, upside down. Because if he doesn't go out, now you're looking at the quarterback from Duke. If you're wondering who that is, exactly. And well, you have and you have Locke from Missouri who hasn't been that great. Well, there's some NFL news that I'm probably going to throw at you and ask you a few questions about a little bit later. But I think if he stays, I think that the Giants probably draft one of those big uh, big linemen that you're talking about. Yeah, and we'll speculate too in a little bit. But you know that was a game where Herbert he he played well in the second half. He was making NFL throws. But early on, he, him and that offensive line had no continuity. It looked why, like they were totally... Why would you stay if you have a chance to leave and be the number one, number two, number three overall pick? I don't know. When next year, there's so many I other know. better quarterbacks, you're know. probably going to go 20. I don't know. This reminds me a lot of like a Jake Browning. I mean, Jake Browning should have gone last year or the year before even because remember, he redshirted, so he's been he, he was eligible I don't know what's going to happen. I, it, th- these guys, though, I mean, they're getting told. I, I, Herbert, as much as I think he has the tools and the ability, it's kind of like, do you just look beautiful? You know, do you look beautiful because you're, you're in a, a really yeah ugly ass, ugly ass chick? So that's where I'm kind of thinking is, or boys, or boys, whatever we you don't, want. We don't judge here. Absolutely not. Um, so we I don't know. have some female listeners too. So ugly room full of ugly ass people. There you go, Tom. Thank you for keeping us politically correct. Absolutely. Cause we are so politically correct. <laughs> yeah. Everybody knows that, right? That's why they're <laughs> tuning in, please. Um, but no, I, I, I definitely believe that somebody's whispering in his ear and saying, listen, you could probably grow a little bit more and he might actually walk out from being, because think of the teams that might not get, a Tua Tagovailoa might not get a Jake from could end up in a could end up in a situation where, like where he Prescott looks really good. Yeah. Oh, well, he'll go way before. No, he, no, I was just saying in a sense that you're going to a ready-made, a more talented team with a real like the the Cowboys already had Ezekiel Elliott. Well, they drafted in the same year, but they already had a ready-made best offensive line in football, and the reason why they got Dak Prescott was because he fell to them in the fourth round. Right. So you can That's have. What I meant. Yeah. So you can you can definitely have something Maybe like that transpire. Who knows? I mean, but but a lot can change, as we know, and nothing's definitive. But when I saw that report after that game, I was shocked. But then taking a step back, they didn't look prepared to win that game. And that's a road game that people are going to say when they're picking you apart in the combine and, and you know, scrutinizing everything that you did in your college career. They're going to look and say, yeah, you made some really good plays in the second half and try to lead your team back. But you, you never gave him a chance early on, and that Oregon defense could not have looked worse. I mean, they really – Washington State and that Mike Leach offense were just putting up yards and big plays. I got to say, they, Min- look, they looked unprepared. Minshew, bro. that quarterback with the mustache from Washington State, he was slinging it all over the place. That's he their looked, MO when it comes to Mike looked, Leach's team. He looked really good. He was, making, he was making NFL throws out there. So moving on from there, we talked about Clemson. In the SEC, LSU handled business against Mississippi State. Don't Nick, have to say Nick much Fitzgerald here. cannot throw the football. Now it was pouring rain in Death Valley. I give LSU credit though because you know both them and Bama have the have this coming week off prior to their showdown in in Death Valley next, uh, the first weekend of November, and they didn't seem like they had 
any look ahead syndrome. They didn't look like they were, you know, ill prepared to play. Mississippi State is much better at home than they are on the road. But that defense of LSU's man just looked so good, and they made enough plays offensively to win. I mean, they held Mississippi State to three points. Nick Fitzgerald, I tell you, if he can't run the ball well, and they and they shut him down, it's a lot like that Dak Prescott offense when he was at Mississippi State. If you shut down the run and you force him to throw, he just straight up can't do it. Finally, in an ugly, classic, mid-season Big Ten matchup, Michigan 21-7 over Michigan State in East Lansing. That was a physical, brutal, tough football game that the that the football purists enjoy to watch. Yeah, defensive. You know, just big maulers on both lines. Yeah, Jim Harbaugh had a boner the whole oh, time. Oh, the entire time. Yep. Right through those khakis. Um, <laughs> but, those yeah. big <laughs> But, no, that was a good statement win for them. Michigan State, you know, at home, there were some weather delays in that game, really bad weather coming yeah. through. No love lost between the two teams. You know, all the cliches. These guys don't like each other. They were tearing up the turf before the game and all that other bullshit. Who cares? But, but it, it was a nice win for it, Michigan. It was a nice win. Absolutely. And let me tell you, that Michigan defense has some big boys. And if they can get through the rest of this season prior to the Ohio State matchup, which is in Columbus, you know, right now. It'll be fun, man. It'll That'll be, be fun. it'll be more fun if Ohio State comes back and, and, and handles business like they're supposed to for the rest of their schedule leading up to that last game and Michigan continues to roll. Harbaugh hasn't beaten Ohio State yet, and that's kind of been the black mark on him. So he wants to have that team prepared. This is a physical football team, and they're really rounding into form. You talk about teams that we underestimated, and I think most of the country did too, because Michigan. when they lost to Notre Dame, we didn't know how good Notre Dame was going to be. And yet. that loss looks a it lot lo- better than it did before. It looks very much okay right now, especially in the manner in which they're winning other games. I know they could have lost that Northwestern game. That's a tough road game. You know, that happens in, in, in conference play, but they escaped with it. You can't hold that against them. And big win on the road against a in-state rival, and and now they're they're going to be poised to to keep going forward. They're all they were number six. They're going to continue to move up after some of the shakeup this uh, this week. Yeah, definitely. So why don't we jump into a preview of the week up and coming SEC East showdown between Florida at. Um, isn't it at Georgia. Florida at Georgia? But, well, it's at it's, it's at a the, neutral it's site. In, it's in the Jackson. It's the annual Jacksonville game where these two you know rivals play every oh, year. Sick, exciting Jacksonville, <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm pissing myself. It's kind of that middle ground between the two schools. So it's uh, it, it they that's always a fun game though, and that's a absolutely deep, that's an SEC East game. We got to give Florida some credit, man. They've I, played very very I'll give well. Florida a little credit, but I think Georgia already lost their one SEC game this year. Yeah, before the SEC championship game. I think they already lost it. That's to LSU. I think they handled business in this game. They probably win by about 10 points. If that defense can hold Felipe Franks and that offense down, which in in the last few years has not been an issue, Florida has scored a couple more points, though, and that defense is just top-to-bottom dominant. So we'll see if Jake Fromm can rebound from that really bad game at LSU. All right, so moving on to the Big Ten, which doesn't have 10 teams in it. But moving on to the Big Ten, one. <laughs> you have – Somehow ranked Iowa at number 17, Penn State. How the mighty have fallen. They are down to number 17. Yeah, and they're kicking themselves right now over that really tough loss they had to Ohio State because they'd be looking so much better. And even that bad loss to Michigan State last week on the final play of the game. You know, they've, they've, they got some young players on defense. 
they've struggled at a couple of times this year. McSorley is running the ball more this year than he has in the past. But that's just a good team. I want to see if they can if they can win in Happy Valley and, and take care of business. Iowa somehow at 18, good for them. They've yeah. played well lately. Right, but you don't really associate them as one of the powerhouses and real threats in the Big Ten. So Penn State, to me, they need to put their foot to the gas pedal, win at home easily, Smash and do team. as much as they possibly can to a race because – you never know what can happen on a week-to-week basis, and if Ohio State win, loses a second game, all of a sudden Penn State's right back in it. So yeah, that's that's a game you got to look at. Next game up, you have Washington State at Stanford. Whatever, dude. I think Washington State, if they win this game, you just see that twenty-four from Stanford go to no number at all, and who really cares? Yeah, but the only thing now is another team has emerged as a possible Pac-12. Well, leader. Lord knows who's going to win the Pac-12. All I know is it will not be UCLA. No, no. Or I, USC. Yeah, or Arizona. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And and Washington had a nice show out this week. They took care of Colorado in a game that wasn't close. So, I mean, that, that division, or conference rather, is just so up in the air. Every, every week a team comes back. I mean, Washington State moved all the way up to 13. So if they have a good week in Stanford, maybe they keep moving up. And if they see another, if they see Oregon lose again or Washington lose again, who knows? But yep. I mean, if right now, if they can, if things stay status quo between Washington and Washington State, that rivalry game towards the end of November looks very, very appealing. Definitely. So the final game we have to talk about, I'm going to predict the score of this game, number six, Texas at Oklahoma State, 700 to 620. <laughs> what do you think? Close? Sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, give me the over. State, Oklahoma State is falling apart as a team. They have not played well of recent, but they can still score in bunches. Mike Gundy always has them out there playing well. So And they're home. And remember, Ellinger, Texas wins this game. Ellinger is still out, though, for, for Texas at quarterback. Okay. So they're playing their backup who had lost his job previously to Ellinger. Let's see if he can if he can rally the troops and win a tough road game. That's really the only thing. You know, I, that's okay. something you have to you have to keep in mind. So with Alabama and LSU on a bye week, those were pretty much the notable games. Clearly not much going on. If you're not an NFL fan and you're not an NBA fan, you're just college football, pumpkin picking week. Pumpkin picking week. Apple pumpkin picking week. If the, you want to get out there with the girl and she's been nagging you, this is the weekend. Which is what Tom's saying is he needs to go <laughs> pumpkin picking and apple <laughs> yes, picking this I, I weekend. I need to get out there. But let's move on to a league that I actually give a shit about, the NBA. Why don't you? Because <laughs> <laughs> we all know who wants to talk college football, and it's not me. I live in New York. I really don't care. Um, yeah, you so, do. No, I do not. Um, so let's let's start it up. We got, we're got we a week into the NBA season right now. My cable provider is giving me the league pass for free preview. I'm loving it. I Tom has not left his basement until today yeah, to do this podcast. Not at all. So there was, an, was it last night or two nights ago that this Lakers – two nights ago this Lakers brawl happened, mm-hmm. right? Supposedly Rondo spit on CP3 and blah, blah, blah. Who fucking cares? It was pretty funny, but – I mean, in the end, all that matters is what CP3 suspended for three, Rondo suspended for three, and Ingram, who was just in, in like 10 mixes, trying to fight the ref, trying to fight everybody, he got suspended for four. Yeah, I thought they were kind of modest suspensions that were one handed out. I, I thought say, they could have gone a lot steeper. One thing I will say is, if you watch the video, 
I was waiting for it to where it was going to be like Lance just starting throwing fucking haymakers, <laughs> flying elbows, just losing his this, mind. This was one of those situations where that cast of characters that the Lakers assembled looked like they could have just exit stage left and start going nuts and having a yeah. bunch of crazy shit happen. I'm just glad it didn't. I'm glad they did it kind of at the at, like on the court. It didn't find its way into the stands. We didn't have a Knicks versus Nuggets fight or, God, a thousand times worse, a Malice in the Palace kind of thing. Yep. But it was cute. That's all. Listen, the NBA, it's its a drama. It's a soap opera. It's a hold-me-back fight, what, dude. I mean, hold me back. I'm going to fight him. Hold me back. That's it. Right. But it's something that they can talk about landed, though. the That's entire night. That's you usually see. Two punches landed. Listen, they Close stole... fist. Yeah, they, there you go. They stole, they stole a lot of headlines and highlights from college football. And the NBA is very happy to do even baseball. You know, they nobody really talked about Game Seven. People were happy to talk about this little, this little schoolyard bullshit fight. So <laughs> yeah, that's that's what the NBA wants. Whether it's for better or for worse, they're always in first headlines, and foremost yep. in the headlines. Yep. You see a lot of Bleacher Report and all these guys doing funny videos of it and shit, like putting LeBron's face to people and stuff. It, it'll go on for a couple more weeks. I can't wait to watch these teams play. What's again your take the on the Lakers time? and the Rockets at this stage? Rockets lost a really bad home game early. Lakers don't have a win yet. The the Rockets will be fine. They're rounding into form. The Lakers, I should have picked them as a four seed and not a three seed because I should have seen this coming. Um, this team's going to take a little bit of time to mesh and and come together. I, this is not the team that you're going to see after the All Star break. They're going to be amazing after the all-star break when you have guys like ingram playing and kuzma and ball coming off the bench and all this stuff but they still have to find their way um and i think lebron is fine sacrificing a few losses to save miles on his body one and two help this team grow and come together more than just trying to take games over like he would a la the first time around on the Cavs, where he would have like 60 points and just take the game over i think he'd rather just show this team how to win do you think that he has a level of complacency this year where he understands and knows that this is not realistically the team that's going to challenge the Warriors. I I'm 50 50 on that. And here's why one, because yeah, he signed like what a four or five year deal with the Lakers. He's going to retire there. This is it for him. I think I truly believe. Um, So yeah, on that side, you could give me the argument that he's fine and he's going to coast this year. Yeah. But on the other side, he's been to the finals eight times in a row. Nine what nine times in his career, right? Yeah, he hasn't he hasn't been outside of the playoffs since 2007. He hasn't been outside of a top three seed since 2000 and what eight? Probably 2007, maybe even. Well, seven e- was even? the team that went to the finals. Yeah. so six probably. He hasn't been outside of the the playoffs since 2006, right? I just don't see LeBron James settling for a six, seven, eight seed. I really don't. I think he can drag this team to a four seed, and that's why maybe not a three well, seed. Well, I think but a four he can. My, my the question I posed to you was simply, do you see him no, exerting that kind of energy? I, I, I mean, I, I know actually, it's early yes, and it's I a couple of games. You see him being complacent. I do. I think that at the beginning he's going to try and help this team mold. I think this this fight may actually help them come together. Um, I just don't see him letting a team slip outside of a three seed. This guy's got too much pride. He's the best basketball player on the planet. He has been since 2007. And, I mean, the guy hasn't been... The guy, I was in fucking grade school or something like that the last time he didn't go to an NBA Finals. Death, taxes, and LeBron James going to the <laughs> NBA Finals. Those are the only guarantees we had. They're so, up there. 
Maybe not this year, but I think he'll at least be in the conference. Well, you you could throw the Golden State Warriors being in the finals too, but True. yes, recently, yes, yes. but no, a hundred percent. I I'm, I wanted to get your take on that because I've heard a lot of mixed opinions from in, NBA insiders and people you know in the know who who are speculating. You know, this could be it's the first couple weeks. Let's not put the I mean, foot to the gas pedal too much. Let's kind of round this team into form as you spoke to. But then also, like if you, it looks like they're shaping up to be a six or seven seed. Does he just say, okay, we're going to get to the playoffs. We're going to do as much damage as we can, but next year's the year that we're really going for The only for way it. I think he coasts is, and I wouldn't even call it coasting, I think is that if he gets an injury that he can play through, but he could hurt more, one of those injuries, I think he sits out the rest of this year. Oh, wow. If he sprains an ankle or something else where it's like you could aggravate this a bunch of times, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I don't know one of those injuries that you could aggravate more. Um, I think if he has one of those, this is the prime year for LeBron to sit out. Get a good. Do they have a draft pick next year? I don't know, but get a good draft pick if you have. Yeah, one. they do, but they may not. They they might use that as a trade chip. Yeah, well, maybe they'll get Lillard or something. But I think that's the only way. If LeBron is 100 percent healthy, I don't see this team outside of a four seed. Okay. Yeah, and obviously I, I picked him to be the six. You had him in the three. And we'll see. It's so early on. What else have you taken away so far before we get into our locals? Trey Young is pretty good. I don't think he was worth Luka Doncic, but Trey Young is pretty damn good. You know they're doing everything they can, though, to put him in that position. Like They're going to let him shoot the ball 70 times He's filling it up. Oh, no, he has. No doubt. 38 last night. I watched a couple of those Hawks games as much as I could bear without getting sick to my stomach of watching that kind of basketball. Good for you. Kyrie Irving right now is a little slow, but it's kind of to be expected. And it doesn't matter because Jason Tatum is a fucking bad man. I'll tell you that. He hit a step All right, back. Stephen A. Hey, I was, I, was, I was impersonating him there. <laughs> he played. I watched him play the Knicks, man. That's, that fallaway jumper that he hit over Tim Hardaway Jr. was money. Tim Hardaway Jr. has been putting up points in bunches. He did the same shit last year at the beginning of the season, dropping 30 right, so in a couple of games. For, trade his ass. <laughs> trade. Okay, we'll get into the locals in a second. What are your takeaways so far of early Kawhi and how the Sixers are looking? My MVP race is looking amazing. Kawhi Leonard's probably been averaging well over a double-double. Lowry's a lot better than I thought, but Kawhi looks great. Another guy that's the top of the um, a top of the NBA MVP candidacy is Anthony Davis. That guy's an animal. He's I think so he's good. probably going to win the MVP. And then another guy I saw, and it's more of a team than a guy, is the Nuggets. Yeah, we were dead on with them so good far. Good win last amazing. night against the Warriors. Jokic yeah. just playing lights out. That Gary hockey Harris. had at the bo- at yeah. the end of that game. Amazing. Last thing I will say, because we don't have to talk about the Warriors. Come on. The Jazz, we know they're going to be there. Giannis isn't. Giannis put on like 30 pounds of muscle. And he looks like <laughs> a fucking monster. He, I, I can't use the word freak because he's, that is his nickname. He's but posting guys up now that are that are like prototypical centers. Yeah, and just dunking on them. Yep, he's stupid, man. It's it's, and I'm excited to see what that Bucks team can do with an even better and and probably evolved Giannis. Yeah. Um, to get into our locals for a quick second, I'll start with my Nets. They're they're. Dealing with injuries right now. Napier's out. Hollis Jefferson's out. Carroll's out. They, yeah. they you know, they they had a very winnable game opening night against the Beat Pistons. The they won on a last second shot by Chris Levert against That's Tim Hardaway right Jr. There, I love I love me some Levert, but that was a game. You know, the Nets turned the ball over twenty two times. Yeah. Um. But they were able to win a game against a Nick team that 
looked that was really playing hard and could have stole that game. And then the Nets got waxed by the Pacers in Indiana on the second night of a back-to-back. That's to be expected. Right now, the Nets are trying to round into form. One thing that I see early on and why I'm, I'm – He's a great player, D'Angelo Russell. I do have serious doubts of whether he's a guy that they're going to go forward with. I think they feel a little bit better when Dinwiddie is controlling the offense than than D'Lo. But D'Lo is putting you up much points. more minutes than I do. He's putting Nets, up so. a lot of points. He looks really good, and he looks healthy, which is a big thing. I'm looking forward to them getting Napier, Hollis Jefferson, and Carroll Allen, back. Allen's playing. Jared great Allen is really. I mean, he has gotten so much better. In the year Just that a he's been on to this the coaching team. and the training staff, absolutely. There. And it was nice to have them beat the Knicks first home game. It's like, listen, both teams, as we know, are going to be are going to be struggling at least from the early onset. Yeah, but and, and moving on to the Knicks, that was an exciting game, though. Yeah, no, it was. Fan bases and, were into it. And from from the perspective, of course, the Knicks beat the Hawks. Great way to start off the season. You expected that. Hardaway has a really good game as well as Cantor. Hopefully, both of those guys get dealt. If you can, although Hardaway's deal is uh, it's a tough one, I'll tell you that. Um, but the Knicks, I I couldn't be happier with the start to the season. Aside from Kevin Knox being out two to four weeks, that one really hurts. Not to pat myself on the back like I always do, Rolando Trier, kid's fucking killing it. You know you're not the only one that ever said that, right? But he's I'm a first round talent that just fe- that didn't went get undrafted, drafted, right? And I t- it was my guy to watch for. So let's all relax here. I I was the only one to say that. Everybody else is talking about Knox. I know Knox is there, and I know he's great. Yes, I'm people are generally do talk about the, the first radar. round draft pick more. All right, but let's get back to the team, okay? So you beat the Hawks in your first game. I have to talk you down once or twice. You lose to the you lose to the Nets in a really close game where you are playing hard and you're getting contributions, although it's not in the stat book from guys like Nilakina and all those guys, and then you lose a close game to the Celtics. First of all, I really like that those games were close and I'm happy they lost. Because when you're drafting fourth because you lost those games instead of ninth like last year. That's something that you want to root for is those ping pong balls because you know you're not going to win the East this year, you're not going to win the Atlantic Division, all this, that, and the third. But I'm really glad that they showed a lot of fight, and Fizdale's doing a hell of a job coaching these guys up. You know he, that first game against the Hawks, he had 11 players play, and he just continued to change them in and out in the first quarter. It's like, okay, you're exhausted. You're playing, you're playing the entire court, basically full court press nonstop. All right, now we're bringing this guy in. Yeah, I mean, he's got a lot of guards that he can easily rotate between Trier, Hardaway, Trey Burke, uh, Nilakina, and a few others. And then he's got some good forwards. I mean, this team is its a good defensive team. Cantor's not much of a shot blocker. Um, but aside from that, he can get rebounds. And there's a few other guys on the team that can block shots. A la Mitchell Robinson or, or the other guy, number 32. His name just slips me right now, but... This team is fun, and the thing that I wanted to see was them get better every single game, which I think they've done, and be in close games. Listen, I don't want you to win the close games. Don't. I want those ping pong balls. But just be in them so three years listen, down the line you can say we've been there. We said what seems like yesterday when we did our preview, you know, two weeks ago, whatever it was. Just play and be competitive and show teams that you're on the and players rather that you're on the right path. Yeah, and that's what they did. You know, the Nets are the Nets are slightly better than them, and that game went right down to the wire. Could have gone either way in a good rivalry game. I know it's not what you would define as a really great rivalry because both teams are bad, 
But that's a fun game, and the Knicks held you know held it tough right there to the end. And then on the second half of a back to back, you play Boston, who is the you know the cream of the crop of the Eastern Conference, and you played them right there to the end as well, which showed a that there wasn't any kind of fatigue. The guys were ready mentally to, and and psychologically to get up for that game in the second half of a back to back early on in the season, and that's a testament to the coaching which is what we wanted to see from Fisdale for sure the entire time. So if they can have a season like that, like you said, lose the games, get the ping pong balls, Keep but don't close. get rolled over and don't have that same kind of same old Knicks feel which is underachieving, guys, you know, disappointment, draft picks not working out, you know, too many minutes to veterans. I mean, it feels different this year because even if veterans like Tim Hardaway, right, he was carrying the Knicks in that Nets game down to the end. But you know what? It wasn't that they weren't giving the chance to the young kids. Fisdale's like, you have to earn it. You have to earn the right to get the ball in your hands late. If you haven't, you're not playing. Same with Kevin Knox. You know, you're not going to start if I haven't liked what I've seen in the end of the preseason. Yeah. That's not a we're trying to win so we're playing the veterans. It's we're playing the veterans because – you need to understand that nothing's given to you. And that's a yeah. different kind of mentality that I think is going to have really benefit the Knicks in their evolution this year. Definitely. And again, I alluded to it earlier, the Kevin Knox injury. Let's just be happy because that was a scary-looking injury that it was just a sprain ankle. Weeks. Get the ankle right. If you got to take five weeks, six yeah, weeks, Yeah, take your fine. time. Yeah. Take your time. Just get right and, and play the bulk of the season. Yeah, so the last thing I want to talk about on the NBA – and this happened pretty much right after our preview went out, and I mentioned it um, on one of the podcasts, one of the openers to our podcast was DeJounte Murray. Tore his ACL. Brutal injury. Really tough. He's obviously going to be out the entire season. I think this really affects the Spurs because as high as we are, were on Lonnie Walker, I was high on Lonnie Walker coming off the bench. I was not high on Lonnie Walker starting and playing big-time minutes. And I think DeJounte Murray was going to take a step forward and be in that all-star conversation this year. The guy's amazing. And I think this might put the Spurs out of the playoffs, to be honest. Yeah, we'll have to see You know what contribution they get from their proven veterans. We'll have to see if DeMar. anybody else... Yeah, if anybody else steps up, we know that Popovich has a way of finding role players that end up playing above their capabilities or, or what people perceive their capabilities yeah. to be. When your best point guard is Patty Mills, though. Yeah, oh, no, no, no. There's, there's legitimate doubt now, but if there's any team that I feel can squeak, still squeak into the playoffs, it, it's, the, it's Popovich's Spurs. Maybe an eight seed. Yeah, but that is a brutal injury because he was on a fast path to be one of the, one of the best budding players in the league. And, and, and to lose a year like this is really devastating for him and the Spurs organization. Yeah, man. Let's see what Lonnie Walker's got now. He, he's going to get a little Play bit a more on his, as well as the guy out of Colorado. Yeah, um, I forgot his name. His name deceives me, but whatever. Um, yeah, I, I just don't think the Spurs are going to make the playoffs this year. I think the Western Conference is too deep, to be quite honest with you. But just to wrap things up and cap it off, I know we do the NFL pod on Wednesdays, but something came across the ticker today on that Bleacher Report alert that I thought was pretty interesting. Immediately got a text and a bunch of phone calls from my Cowboys buddy cousin over there. Just he, out he of was still around. Happy. He's still alive after yesterday. Yeah, he made it through somehow. But you know those Cowboys fans—they're like fucking cockroaches. They are. Um, so Amari Cooper gets they traded. Have him killed, and they just keep coming. <laughs> they just back. keep coming back. 
Amari Cooper gets traded for a first round draft. Unfreaking believable. Uh, he, my cousin said he was happy with it because he said, oh, if I, well, of course, he said, oh, if I, I don't ever have to see Terrence William on the field again, thank God. But my thing is this, if, if, it, if they had said third rounder, fourth rounder, okay, fine, fine. Amari Cooper's 24 years old. He's made two Pro Bowls. Uh, he's super young. He's fucking drop a potamus Rex. That's all he does is drop the goddamn ball and not run hard routes. That's all I know. I, and Dak so Prescott's let's, so let's the put ball. him on the definition of a mediocre team and yeah. give a first round for him. Great yeah. idea. First round. This round isn't pickles. Josh Gordon to New England. Yeah, the first right. round. The first round pick was incredibly steep, but I think the, there's a lot of different things that come with this. First of all, I know everybody's giving John Gruden props for stop for stockpiling picks. But picks are exactly that. You have to make a pick, and you have to make the right pick for it to pay off. And goddamn, I'm not confident in John Gruden making the right picks. The only team he ever had good with the Tampa Bay Bucks was a hand-picked Tony Dungy, Dungy team. team. Yep, I understand. Here's what I take from it, from the Raider side first. We obviously shat on him for the Cleo Mack trade, and rightfully so. You're trading a transcendently great player for draft picks. But listen, it's clear that Gruden knows that he's here for a long time and has no intentions of getting out of that contract, and he knows that Mark Davis has, is not getting rid of him. So he wants to shape this team the way he wants to shape it. And you can see already that, listen, we obviously have to see what these picks mean, right? But you can say that about any trade that that is headlined by picks. Unless you're the New England Patriots, First-round picks, second-round picks, all the way down the line are totally up for debate. They could be turn into Hall of Famers. They could turn into rock-steady players for you, or they could be total and utter busts. We don't know that. Gruden's track record has not been great. But what I take from this trade is this. Universally around the league, teams are giving a standing ovation to him to get a first-rounder for a guy you know that I like him because of what he did in college, but he has not been a tre- tremendous player in the NFL. No, but the he talent has, is he there. He has the talent, but the question that he's I, young. I get it, but the question that I have with guys like that, I know it's not the same as Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon has gone through a disease and yeah. an illness and rehabilitation, not just you know physically but mentally, but they put him in ideally the perfect spot where he is going to figure his shit out at least have an opportunity to where we spoke to if he can't do it in new england where are you going to do it you're now taking this guy out of oakland which i get it has been kind of a train wreck but you're going to put him in dallas with a quarterback that's not known for getting the ball down the field okay this guy like you said has not run hard routes and i'm sorry is jason garrett going to motivate you is is Jerry Jones going to motivate you? I don't think so. I'd I have serious doubt. And he might be better than Terrence Williams. To As a Cowboys fan, I'd just be happy that they didn't re-sign Dez. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, listen, this is a trade that if you have to spin it, you could be happy that you got him because you know what is possibly underneath the, the problems that have been arising the last year or two, right? But... You also have to understand that you just gave up a very precious first round pick for a guy that has that's not a first round pick that's worth you know, a guy that's worth giving something of that precious he was worth a first up round for. Pick. 
I know, but you're giving up one? I mean, the Cowboys are not winning 15 games this year. They're not going to – and if they win that division, they're going to have to go on some kind of well, roll. I they're going to be trading a pick that's going to be coming towards the end I'll of the to you this one way. through nine or into the early tens. I think that they made this trade because the Philadelphia Eagles lost to the Carolina Panthers because their season was pretty much over if, if the Eagles won that game because you have – what are the Eagles – What's their record right now? They're three and five. They're three and five. You got the Redskins at four and two. Oh, I'm sorry. They're they're three and four. They're yeah, three and four. Yeah, yeah. They, you got the Redskins at four and two. Believe it or not, right now. Oh yeah. This division can be had, and, which and just makes me more and more depressed as a Giants fan. But yes, yeah, this division can be had, and I think that's the reason why the move is made. Maybe Dak Prescott's complaining well, that he doesn't have any weapons out there. Clearly, the third round, fourth round pick of Michael Gallup. This experiment wasn't great when your best wide receiver out there is not him. It's not Tavon Austin. I no, don't know Tavon Austin is a one-trick pony, and we saw that the Rams weren't able to do a lot and with And clearly him. they're figuring out a way to – because um, Dak Prescott can't make any plays at all, they are just stacking the box on Zeke, and he's averaging what? Since they started doing that, he's averaging like two yards a carry. Yeah, and the offensive line isn't as good as it has been in the past either, at least the two years that they've had Zeke. Listen, honestly, the Cowboys are the definition of mediocre, and yeah. they just got They'll to me a player that does not fix any of their issues with head coaching, any of their issues with clock management. Don't any talk of their shit issues. about my boy, future Princeton head coach, Jason Garrett. Yeah, I'm sorry. You're going to have to get over that. Um, and the quarterback you know, being able to make plays down the field. He has the ability to do it. Cooper does. I have serious doubts. The other part, you know, they made this trade because they're going to have him on a deal for a few years too. So yeah. they, they hope that if they do buy into Dak long-term because this is the year they have to they have to make that decision. You know, as a fourth-round pick, you only get three years guaranteed. This is his third year. Are they going forward with him or are they looking to move on? This could be one of those experiments where they say, okay, we got you a guy that's really good, at least has the ability to be. Maybe you figure it out thing. with yeah, you figure it out with him and we're gonna make a decision on you come the end of the season of, of whether you're our franchise quarterback or not. Yeah. Jason um, Garrett's still coaching this team, and to me, that's all that I need to know. Yeah, I don't think anybody that's a Cowboys fan is too happy about that. He's he must have something on Jerry Jones. I don't know. But moving on, and, and this is my last point, and I want to look at this trade a little bit deeper because clearly there is starting to be a fire sale in uh, in Oakland, soon to be Vegas. I don't I don't know what you already alluded to it, the fact that Derek Carr may not be the quarterback when they go down there to Vegas. Do you think the Giants, if I am the New York Giants right now, I am making a move for Derek Carr? I'm not doing it yet. I think I want to wait till I want to wait till after free agency and heading into the draft. Fuck free agency! You're not going to get Derek a Derek Carr caliber. No, 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 no. I'm talking about agency. building. I'm built. I'm talking about building players around and where you're spending that cap money. But you can still build players around him right now. And the reason why I would go after it sooner rather than later is because John Gruden's riding a high right now from making. And eh, he'll still be doing that at dra- on draft day. You could be right, but I think you'd be able to steal him for a little Seems bit cheaper. Do crazy shit on draft day, man. I don't know. I, I think that Derek Carr is better than any quarterback, especially after the performance Herbert put on this past week in the draft. No, I, I, I don't disagree with you, but that's and why I'm saying. you want to get the best out of these Shaquan years, li- man. Oh, yeah. And listen, again, I agree with you, but getting him right now 
isn't going to fix anything. This team is not winning the division, even with a Derek Carr. And it, it you don't have to... You know what? At the end of the season, analyze your personnel. Make the decisions that you want to as far as keeping guys, as far as cutting guys. Make your decision in free agency with how you're going to spend some of that cap space. And then on draft day, if you're looking at the quarterback situation or you're looking at players around the, around the draft, especially in the top where you know the Giants will be picking... Is it worth saying, okay, we can we can move Derek, we can get Derek Carr? Because you're talking about riding a high. If they just got Amari Cooper, if, or if they just traded Amari Cooper for a first rounder, I have to imagine that the price tag for a franchise quarterback, Two, no matter how badly three. Gruden might want to move on from him, they're not getting a, they're not moving away from him for nothing. And the last thing I want to say about Derek Carr is this: Mark Davis is one of the most poor owners in the NFL right now. He's just put down – he has two bank accounts right now, right? Until they move to Vegas where they're going to be making an insane amount of money with the new stadium and TV deals and all the marketing that goes on. Oh, he's one of the most listen, poor listen, owners. I'll take his money. It's not – well, of course, but I'm talking about from the NFL perspective. Not big life situation. Come on. <laughs> be smarter than that. You're better than that. Um, he has all this money tied up into John Gruden. So no matter how bad John Gruden is as a head coach or what he, crazy deals he's making, he is not going anywhere. That money is tied up to that franchise. In the other bank account is the extension they gave to Derek Carr, okay? And that money is very, very, very hard to move away from unless you find something that fits the cap perfectly. So it's not going to just be draft picks. You would have to also find a way to make money work where he can justify getting rid of that kind of money because until they move to Vegas and they're playing in that shit stadium out there in Oakland and they're losing and ticket sales aren't great there's no way that they can possibly move on from that money it's just not going to happen so unless you can entice them with some kind of buyout or some other kind of contract to help make it work and you want to throw sweet in the pot the reason I mentioned draft day, man, I'm telling you right now, if the Giants move on, and obviously tomorrow we're analyzing all the games, so we can actually get into this a little bit right now. Wednesday. Wednesday. I'm, see, I'm already excited. You've um, already moved I'm on already to the Giants game that's yeah. being played as we speak. Yep. Wait, they're playing? Oh, okay, I'm going to have to watch that then. Um, the Giants will be picking at the top of the draft. They've already shown that they like the best player available, and if there's not the quarterback and there's several offensive linemen that are going to be very, very good, but it's not... Like, Jonah Williams from Bama is great. Little from Ole Miss is a lot like a Laramie Tunsil. Really good talent. The way the Giants are, I would not be surprised if Nick Bosa is their pick. Top know, defensive is, end, this best is a guy player who, available. This is a guy who on the Wednesday podcast said they wouldn't pass on a quarterback twice. Well, but if, if Herbert's not there... They're not going to reach for one. If, if there is no, there is no Sam Darnold in this draft. There's not even a Josh Rosen or a Josh Allen in this draft. So, if you're if you want to, there was a Bleacher Report article that came out that they are going to make a move at quarterback, whether it's in the draft or whether it's in free agency. Maybe even this hypothetical Derek Carr trade. I think it's Derek Nick Carr Bosa, draft. Nick Nick Bosa is a very good possibility because you're going to fortify that defensive end position that has been a ghost town since Olivia Vernon's been hurt. 
And if you're just going to try to stockpile the best players, what better way to do it than with Nick Bosa, who a lot of people think is even better than his brother Joey? So yep, I already you, said so you that. So. Yeah, so you don't. So you don't know. My my biggest thing is what's happening with Loletta and Eli, and then can you find a possible way to make the money match up with a Raider possible yeah. Raider trader? Else, it's going to be Tyrod Taylor, or Teddy Bridgewater, because if That's Herbert tough. doesn't come out, you are not going. To then you have to then think about packaging players together to move up in the draft to get it to a tag of Iola. Well, then the Giants should enjoy being seven and nine. Next I think year. they would, man, and then they'll uh, trade up to get them. I, I wouldn't. Feel bad for you. I well, that's the wouldn't, thing. Wouldn't you rather be in my position? Yes, as a Jets fan. Or, or how many what, times do you want there? me to say this? I've admitted this on suck? my own accord. That, well, they do suck. That's the problem. <laughs> but they haven't sucked the right way. <laughs> it's <laughs> terrible, but. That about that about pretty much wraps it up for our not NFL podcast. That of course we ended up talking NFL on the Monday rundown, but we'll be back on Wednesday. And we're gonna get into all the week seven games, preview week eight, all, the, all through, the regular bro. stuff that you guys know and love from us. Halfway Lots through, to can talk you about. It? So, uh, no, I can't. It and flies. You by. want it to be over as soon as possible this season. <laughs> yeah, just just wake me up when the season's done. All right. Well, uh, have a good night. Enjoy the pod. Later.